everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Uh, hey, we are we are with you on a another hot, but it's July, of course, Wednesday afternoon. Welcome in everybody. It's the drive. Bill, Dan, I mentioned Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com joining us here in the studio. JC, how you doing, man? I'm good, guys. How about y'all? Uh doing fine. I mean, uh, we're we're closing in on the uh, the start of football practice. Uh, we've got basketball, uh, you know, making the trip to Israel, about to uh, play uh, three exhibition games there. But I want to get started, and we'll do that in just a minute, talking about some big baseball news, both regarding the team and the facilities. We'll get Jason's thoughts on that. Let's take care of a little business, though, here at the outset. Hour number one of the drive, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Also, the sponsor of our hotline, where we welcome in our guests when they can't be with us in the studio like Jason is. And, of course, you, our listeners, we'd uh, welcome you to call in with your questions, comments, anything on your mind, sports-wise. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, that which you can right. find a variety of different ways. So uh, so with, with that taken care of, we'll uh, continue our conversation uh, with, with Jason. We were talking with him a little bit before we came on about different things, quite a bit to get into. Big Cat Weekend coming up this weekend, Media Days last week. Auburn picked at the bottom of the SEC West. But as I said, I want to jump in and, and, and uh, get your thoughts, Jason. Long time coming. Great to get the news officially yesterday about the upgrades over at Plainsman Park. Yeah, obviously you start looking at um, just just you know what Butch Thompson and his staff have accomplished um, since arriving. You know, Butch in, in October of 2015, after fall practice, kind of took over that mm-hmm. that first year, and you know since that time has been you know they've been on the ground rolling. And you look at at you know the things they've accomplished uh, in just the last few years. Obviously, a couple of College World Series appearances. Um, you know, before before Butch Thompson had gotten here, Auburn had made one super regional appearance in 1999. That was the first year ever of super regionals. Had not made another appearance in a super regional, and now you look at, at what they've done. They made you know, a couple of College World Series appearances in won, the last three opportunities. Won, won two supers, and then you know lost uh, a heartbreaker down in in, in Gainesville in another super. Um, just taking the program to another level, consistency, the things they've done, and uh, and now you look at at people going, okay, it's time to to buy into the program literally and figuratively, and you know that starts with some some upgrades and much needed additions at Plainsman Park. When you start talking about um, you know some premium seating options, um, the one that everybody's kind of talked about is on top of the monster in left field, and how that happens, what it's going to look like, we'll find out. Yeah, but, but uh, you know you start thinking about already a great atmosphere the things you add by by putting you know seating on the monster in left field on the top of the indoor hitting facility in right field to kind of create a kind of a crow's nest outfield i think about out there and then the the one that that has so many options is down the first baseline yeah you're not kidding up down, up down donahue yeah when you start thinking about um you know obviously when they when they 
added to it in in 2005 or so i think is when they they kind of did they added the the seats all the way down to the lines mm-hmm. in both ends they created that patio area with a thought process of someday adding bleachers and seats right, to it, that it, concourse area it wasn't made to to have a food truck on it or whatever you know the thing it wasn't made to have a chick-fil-a stand right there it was made to eventually have support support more stands i mean yeah for you know for a while it didn't even have that it was just concourse yes correct and so now you look and i think that's you know is is it going to be um building up a club level level area is it going to be sweets i'm hoping i'm hoping it's the sweet concept i'm hoping it's the sweet that's what i've been saying in my mind i'm picturing correct and so you know i think there's things that go along with that um you know that uh, i think you know, you start going. How much and how how much can you add? You know, how much money can you raise to to add to a budget to do some of those things? But man, it's a great it's great to to see a vision of Plainsman Park for the first time since it was built. Hey, uh, it, it, it could also give some shade to my seats. Yes, absolutely, it could. <laughs> um, but you know, you start thinking about the you know the the impact. If somebody asked me how many more seats, it, it may only be five hundred more seats. Right. And that's not the point of it. Though. Well, I, I still and it could be it could be a few more. Yeah, just I mean, kinda... and we were we were just uh, sort of speculating on that yesterday. I said there probably would be more because Dan and I were saying, you know, when you talk about seats there over the monster and tying in concessions for the left field because it said left field folks. I would think that they're going to end up being more seats out there in left field too, uh, and and some way of of accessing, you know, the terrace or whatever there is at the Green Monster. So so I can see there being more seats, but it's not all about, as you're saying, it's not all about the number of seats that you're adding. Yeah, you know, that's so. So I just looked it up. How many seats are there on the Green Monster? So in Fenway, on top of the monster, not a few hundred, two hundred sixty-nine. Yeah, right. So you're talking about two hundred. So if there's two sixty-nine, say you add eh, a couple two, of hundred, two hundred fifty seats there. Right. If you can get a couple of hundred more, and you you might you'll get, you'll you get might, more than you, that. I you, think you, you might get a thousand more. So you might get to five thousand, and yeah. and so you do that, and potentially, you know, uh, can you can you factor back in in, in right field a K corner area? Do some of those I things. So. I think I think there's there's going to be some things that you can do, and so. Um, but it's just it's just a huge opportunity and a huge step, and I think as much as anything, you start talking about suites and things like that. The potential revenue mm-hmm. added to a baseball program is vitally important when you start talking about the things that that a program needs to sustain to move forward. All those things involved, but uh, just it's, it's 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 nice to see some of those things being put not pen to paper in terms of plans yet. But so we're going. Hey, let's let's do this. What, what, what was ahead, the Dan. what was the renovation? It was a couple of years ago, right? That that had the public fundraising effort, and it you know eventually got to a million, and there was sort of a delay. You remember what I'm talking about, right? That was was it the bullpen? Yeah, that was, was it, the, the the right field. You know, the, the some of the, some of the things going right. On. So so I, I just remember and the the. the I remember the the public fundraising efforts for that. This, because of what you were just saying, Jason, the possibility for a lot of new suites maybe coming in. I wonder how much of yeah, it. There are no suites. That's what I mean. I, I mean, and and the and the ability to sell those at you know at a at a you know a premium price. Yes. I, I wonder, you know, I wonder how much public fundraising and how much sort of grassroots. Involvement will be asked of Auburn fans to pay for this baseball expansion because 
unlike a lot of these sorts of things, when you mention a number of suites maybe coming in, that this is something that at least that aspect of it could pay for itself pretty pretty quickly and maybe pay for other elements too. And I would say the the chance of seats in the the Green Monster, right? The, you know that mm-hmm. that's also that's also something that could pay for itself. And you know, before you even factor in things like concessions and uh, other other revenue generators, like the, the, these are things that could pay for themselves fairly quickly. Yeah, you know, um, the AU Army University architect Simon Yendel said um, to the board said the upgrades will be paid for by donations, bonds, and athletic department funds. So, unlike the facility in right field, the hitting facility itself, which was entirely built by donations. Right. This is going. They will. They will, will. Will float some bonds. They will do some athletic. So you're able to, in my in my mind, the more donations you get, it might open up more possibilities to to things you can add to what you're already doing. Which if if you're if you're doing these things, and you're already having construction going on, if you can say, look, let's go ahead and add this while we're doing this, mm-hmm. it would make a lot of sense if you have the money for it. What I love is the fact that the architect also said this is more involved and entails more than the initial plans so that tells you that yes uh they're they're really on board let's go ahead and do it and let's don't just uh bits and pieces let's do a little something let's go ahead and have the framework for a a serious upgrade yeah i think this is one where you look at it you go look if you're if you're breaking ground then go ahead and get it done don't and 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 we've seen it's it. It's not going to be cheaper to get it done later. No, and we've we've seen it too often in the past. We have seen mm-hmm. the bits and pieces that have been done at Jordan Hare Stadium. We see it every time we go and uh, go into the press box. Uh, uh, well, yeah, correct. <laughs> and that and that and somebody asked about about. And I'm glad you brought it up. Somebody asked about press box and planes and park. From the outside, if you're just looking in the stands, you go, man, this is pretty good. Uh-huh. But when you're in the press box, it's- as compared to somebody who makes a lot of baseball trips. Um, it's just old and worn down. It, it, it's time to it, be. It it's is time small to be, time. It's time to it be really redone. Is. And there's some things that you can be done. And I said, here's what you don't want to do. We, if and when that moment comes, the one thing I ask is that they talk to people who use the press box. They didn't do that for football. They built a facility and didn't talk to anybody that uses that facility on a daily basis. And you get what you get, which is a fishbowl, um, which is of no real use on a football Saturday. That's what and you know, I hear people talk I'm talking about, you know, Andy and, and those guys and, and you know oftentimes they sound like they you know they well they don't know what yard line the ball is because you're looking from the corner of an end zone, you're hundred and fifty yards away mm-hmm. from the play. Right. It's impossible to know that. That's the whole that's the whole point. When you do things, do something. It's the, rare, the rare broadcast that maybe may, uh, you know it's almost like when they when they had to go remote and they were just they just had to use the television cameras and the monitors they had better yeah, had a better view better view of than, everything um, than, than, than when they're at, at the stadium then you do when you're on your home field yes um so that's the thing do it do it right do it right mm-hmm. the first time and in in football not just the the press box but we've seen you know little bits and pieces well we're right. going to add some bathrooms made the concourses bigger one year and things like that in the grand scheme of things that's something nobody will ever notice and hey it's needed but you could do that as part of a larger scale right renovation to do things and you know every year they go back go through and redo bleachers they paint underneath the stadium but they do it in sections and they did that this summer well you remember the plan from uh, from years ago that was going to be the north end zone and and i thought there were some really neat ideas <clears throat> there i think in mississippi state the one that's really doing something very similar uh, I, to that right now mississippi state's are they have 
that's that's the other part for people. If you haven't traveled around this league, you don't understand now how different these places are. If you went to Starkville in 1994 mm. and went to a game and go back there now, it's a completely different world. Oxford, Mississippi, these are completely different places. Arkansas, I was at Arkansas in 1993 in that snowstorm, and, and you felt like you were at Crampton Bowl. Um, it was you know one bleacher on one side, one on the other. Can't cross over. It was in the snow. Go to Arkansas now, and it's not a hundred thousand seats, but it's really nice. It's really well done. That's the things you look at. You look at Tennessee. Tennessee is is booming expansion things all over campus. They're building, you know, basically redoing their football building, which hasn't been done very long. They renovated some at Neyland Stadium again. They have a incredible media facility in the stadium. The same thing with Georgia. You know, some of these other schools and. Those are things that you have to get done. And in baseball, if you can do it all at one time and get a lot of these things done to where you're not piecemealing it together, then I think that's a a big boost. And and, and then on top of that, I mean, there's been some good news for the 23 team with the return of a couple of veterans. Yeah. um, You know, several guys coming back, obviously. But you look at, you know, Casey Howell coming back. It's one that's just, you know, been a four-year starter. Um, the things he brings to the table from a leadership standpoint, obviously a great, you know, great outfielder. Um, and it's one of your, one of the guys you count on to kind of show the ropes to everybody. Uh, him coming back, Tommy Sheehan coming back. I, I love that. I mean, may, with... it may be as important as, as anybody mm-hmm. in, in anywhere. Um, the things he did down the stretch. I went looking his his last seven outings, fourteen innings, gave up seven hits, one run. And he, sh- yeah, he should be full health. A, a potentially a, a weekend starter along with Joseph Gonzalez yep. to where you start going. Okay, who's your third guy? Um, is it Chase Awesome? Is it one of your freshmen? Then you're able to 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 do some things there. So those two guys coming back, but you now you look at Nate Larue and Bobby Pierce. Um, those guys coming back that that could have gone on and, and done some things and. Um, you know, I think that's important. But, you know, even just, you know, Bryson Ware, Ryan Dial saying, you know what, I want to I stay and be a part of a program. Those guys didn't play nearly as much last year as they no, thought they I would. I think some folks surprised that, uh, that that they're sticking around. Yeah, and but, you know, I think that, that that's a testament to the program, a testament to Auburn, uh, that those guys are saying, look, I want to I keep being a part of this and, and keep grinding and, and see if I can, you know, uh, can do my thing. So, yeah, um, some big additions. Obviously, it would be a, a much different roster, but – it was a much different roster going into this year. Nobody knew, nobody expected Sonny DeShare to do what he did. Um, Blake Rambush wasn't a guy that was highly recruited. Comes in and does his thing. You know, they got some additions to this team. A guy like Caden Green is a shortstop from you know, junior college that comes in. You know, you get uh, Cooper McMurray uh, from Kansas, the first baseman. You know, you get some additions there. Who knows what this roster will look like and what that that starting nine will look like? Uh, you know, when you get into the season next year. And we had a caller yesterday that was uh, reading one of the uh, recruiting reports that said, in essence, Auburn had the best recruiting in the country because they didn't lose anybody that they signed of the top guys they signed. They yeah. already had a top ten class, correct? But it moved up even higher when you look at the players, other players, other teams lost. Yeah, you get you get on campus, and when you get those guys on campus, you look at you know Ike Irish, obviously big physical catcher that that you know is a guy that can do some things. You look at Chris Stanfield, you know outfielder from from Tallahassee is, is big time, and you know Zach Crotchfelt, and I mean on and on. They get all those guys in um, that were were potential draft prospects. Um, when you start talking about them, and then you know you look at the depth of the class, some of the additions, and then a couple of transfers, and all of a sudden you go and you, you got some firepower um, that that will be able to you know jump in right away 
and then potentially be you know kind of linchpins for for year two and year three jason caldwell with us for hour number one here on the wednesday <clears throat> drive you can join in on the kia of auburn hotline 334-321-1390 we're right back stick with us Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell, and uh, we'd love for you to join in. Uh, you heard those numbers, 334-321-1390, the Kia of Auburn hotline. Want to get uh, t- talk a little basketball, but uh, we'll be keeping an eye out uh, because Auburn um, with a good chance to add a football commitment here in the next 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, Wilkie Denault is a kid from uh, John Carroll High, but not in Birmingham, Fort Pierce, Florida. Six four two forty five two fifty, big physical kid. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of of what Colby Wooden was in high school, where you look at him and you go, "Yeah, you got that can make some plays off the edge," but you see a bigger body. That's a guy that's going to grow. I, I think he ends up being two seventy five, two eighty, an athletic inside playing guy, a, playing a three technique and a three four, kind of doing some of those things. Uh, but when you look, you look at him, you look at you know Florida State, Tennessee, some others. I mean, he's a guy that that has had plenty of attention. He's a four-star composite guy, so three thirty-seven nationally. But um, you look at him and just things you got to have. Uh, you got to have athletic defensive linemen, mm-hmm. and then figure out where to play them after that. It, it's it's kind of you can't have too many of those. No, guys. it's you got line of scrimmage heavy, no matter where you are, and you got to have you know you got to have everything to to compete for championships. But if you don't have those guys, then it's hard to it's hard to compete. And he's one of those guys that would give you that chance. I like Auburn's chances a whole lot here. In about what ten minutes or so, right. and should be ten minutes. You never know. It may sometimes yeah, it takes twenty five minutes. The prelim, the, the prelims last. Uh, before we get to our, we we got about five minutes so for the bottom of the hour break. Auburn with a um, the the big road trip basketball wise heading to Israel for three games starting I guess Tuesday. All of them at noon. It's great that all three are going to be televised. Yeah, you get SEC Network. Uh, Jay Billis going over there with Roxy Bernstein and. It's huge for Auburn for, for Auburn basketball to get that kind of exposure. Um, you know, you're gonna be able to see. And when you think about what those kind of trips mean, you think about um, the bonding that goes Building on. Chemistry, it's, it's, no it is massive, and I think it's gonna be a big bonus for this one. I'm really of all the guys I want to see. Uh, I think Jalen Williams is the guy I want to see more. I, I want to see Jalen Williams have his opportunity as as the guy to go and say, look, 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 look what can you do? My I, team. I really believe Jalen Williams is a guy that can be an eighteen ten guy. I think he's got oh, that I in him. Too. Um, watched him in high school. Um, he's he's athletic. He's got all the things you can. I think a guy that plays twenty eight to thirty minutes, he's going to have a ton of, of, of baskets around the around the basket. He can step out and shoot it. Can handle the ball. He also, is, yeah, he's a very good passer. But too. yes, I, I I think he's a guy that nobody knows about outside of Auburn, probably <laughs> except for the coaches. The average fan doesn't know who he is. My feeling is they'll know pretty early this season. I think he's going to have a monster year, and I think he's a guy I'm really looking forward to seeing more, maybe more than anybody. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Jalen. I'm looking forward to seeing what I expect to be a significant step forward from. Uh, 
from guards who've been in the program for a year now. I, I think uh, when you start talking about the development of those three guys specifically, playing within the system, just going, you know what, let's let's take what the defense is giving us instead of trying to go and force it a little bit. And I think about Wendell Green. I think Wendell Green is a guy that is is much better than he showed at times last year. I don't think he's a guy that, that I, I'm counting on to be Jared Harper, but he doesn't have to be with this team. Um, but I think he can be a guy that can be more consistent when, when doing those things. And, and Zep, we saw flashes of Zep Jasper scoring last year. Can he deliver a little bit more of that? He's already an elite defender, and that's the thing that he brings to the table. Um, so, for, yeah, for those guys, um, you know, I think it's consistency. Can you show that consistency and maturity the second year in the system, the second year in a program, now that you're kind of, you know, they'll be counting on as leaders for this team. And, and can they step up and, and deliver in that role? And then Alan Flanagan, what do, do we start oh, yeah. seeing the glimpses of Alan Flanagan that we saw two years ago? And uh, and then, of course, what a lot of fans will want to see, though, is the guys they haven't seen before. You know, the with uh, Janai Broom and... Uh, and and Treori and yeah. Christian Westry. Yeah, I mean, you want to want to see want to see the new guys. You got lots of them. You Trey Donaldson. Yeah, I mean, th- there's so many things that that are on the table for this team. And, and um, yeah, you start you start looking at the uh, the potential. Um, and and you won't start to to kind of get any any kind of playing rotations or anything done on this trip. But what you can find, you know, I think you're going to see some really really interesting. This ones is this, but you, this what next you week. what you can see is competitive who's ready to step up uh-huh. in that moment um i think i think i think westry is a guy that people are going to be really surprised about I, yeah I think, he's probably he's the least he, he hasn't gotten much talk at all and i he played on an, an elite high school team with a ton of big time players he never had to step up and do those things he's got the potential to do it for sure and, and as as much as i think folks would like to see a breakthrough from wendell or zepp or katie johnson I mean, if, if Auburn, I mean, there could be times when Auburn needs Chance Westry's services this year. And, and if he were to, if he were to seize the moment, uh, you know, he, he could, he could force his way into that rotation, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I and he, he's a different guy. I mean, Alan Flanagan is a longer player, but he's a different guy that, you know, all three of those guards are, are smaller, quicker. Westry's a big, big guy. I mean, he's a, he's a long guy that, that, you know, a lot of people thought could be end up being a small forward. Um, but he gives you a big guard option. That can can stroke it from the perimeter, do some of those things, and yeah, he brings a different dynamic to the roster for sure. What about the big guys inside? I I think it's physicality. How physical are you? Are you ready to be? And and you know, playing you're going to play some older guys probably on this trip a little bit. Some guys that have have, have done a few things, and you know, that's the one thing I'm, I want to see is is Janai Broom. We know he's athletic. We know yeah. he can block shots. All those things. How much more physical can you be to prepare for the SEC? That's the thing that. Walker Kessler, I thought, really took a big step forward with. Uh, I think it'll be important for him. And then Troy is the same thing. Like, how quickly can you adapt to this level of play? And that'll be the thing that he'll get a taste of already. Jason Caldwell with us, as usual, here for our number one of the uh, Wednesday drive. Again, we'll be keeping an eye. Maybe when we come back, because we're approaching the bottom of the hour break, we will we'll see if there has been an addition uh, to to the Auburn commit list as um, Auburn very much. I mean, would you say the leader? Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say the the, the pretty clear leader at this point, in my opinion. I think it'd be a, a, a surprise if it's not Auburn here in a few minutes. All right, so uh, stick with us. We'll be back for the uh, final half hour of the first hour of the Wednesday drive.
continues. continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Here's Wilkie Denod's decision. right now. I'm down with my mom and dad and my sister and my brother and also my family are here in the front row. Um, also Coach Drew and his coaching staff. Um, without them, I probably wouldn't be the player who I am on the field today. And without my family, I wouldn't be the young man that I'm developing into to be. Um, now I thank my friends and all my other coaches out there in the uh, stands tonight. Um, there's been a really big Part of this helped me go from practices to um, just getting me around and helping me when I needed it. Um, uh, with that being said, for the next three to four years, I'll be taking my talents to the University of Auburn. Well, I haven't heard that one in a while. Uh, and, and nice of Wilkie to wait until we came back so we could hear the entire announcement. Uh, so Auburn picking up the commitment of the uh, young defensive end from Fort Pierce, Florida, Wilkie Denon. Yeah, you know, not a surprise there. I mean, you look at him and a really athletic uh, guy that is physical and can do some things, uh, like I said, the point of attack. Um, I like him as a guy that potentially moves inside. I think he's got that ability. Um, you know, my comparison for him was Colby Wooden. Uh, if he can turn into anything like yeah, Colby no Wooden, it'd be huge for, for Auburn down the road. But good addition. Uh, when you start talking about uh, adding another piece to the puzzle on the line of scrimmage, those are always welcome. Yeah, I mean, obviously the 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 problem with Auburn is is numbers. It's it's quantity, not not quality up to this point because every one of the uh, commitments is a composite four star i believe yeah absolutely yeah it is it's it's more about you know quantity you're right quality has been really good and so the quality of commitment just continues to to be strong and now you look and and you know kind of head into big cat weekend to get a little momentum this week and see if they can carry it over um you know this weekend uh should be a you know big day on saturday and you know a lot of 24 prospects on mm-hmm. campus and you know, I, I think they've done a good job of kind of establishing some things in the 24 class and have an opportunity to, to kind of jump out of the gate in, in that class this weekend. But, you know, you start looking at, at, at you know, some local guys. J.C. Hart is a guy that comes to mind from me. Dan asked about him in, in a break. But J.C., a kid from Lochapoca that Auburn has offered uh, following a strong camp. Um, you know, he, he's been impressive at he, everywhere he, he's gone. He is long. He's athletic, smart kid, can do a lot of good things. And so you start talking about – um, kind of watching for him, um, you know, Connor Lou, offensive lineman from Georgia. Um, you know, start to look, kind of start looking at him as well, and and so that that should be a lot of fun this weekend. But this gives Auburn a, a good start to to the week for sure. So, how many uh, how many kids do you expect to be making it in for a Big Cat? You know, it's 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 crazy. I have to see how many we've got on our list at the moment. Um, but it's uh, it's continued to grow pretty good uh, when you start talking about the the running list of visitors, and you never know if you'll had a few um, a few more additions to it. But I think we're probably uh, you know probably at at mid twenties, something like that. Okay. I think, and so you know some of those underclassmen, maybe a few more than that by the time you get to the weekend, though. Uh, that that's something I know that everybody's going to be watching for. You think that uh, 
uh, Auburn adds to the uh, to the list. I think, uh, I think perhaps so. both classes. I think so. I think there's a chance. I, I think they'll get somebody, you know, some commitments this weekend. It could be some 24s, but they, they could potentially be a 23 or two as well. Well, it's, it seems like there's now, I mean, there's there's been a shift from how many recruits you'd like to have at a given time, in part because of the transfer portal, Big uh, as, as opposed, yeah, as opposed to what it used to be. I mean, how how many how many class of 23 commitments do you think this Auburn coaching staff? would like to end up with in the early signing period or maybe overall? Like, sort of, what do you think the targets are? Yeah, it's really hard to tell because... I'd still think you'd need, you'd like at least 15. Well, here's what you got to have. You're going to have six to seven offensive linemen in this class. Now, you better. You, now you can, yeah. Some of those can be transfers, but I think you got to have five high school offensive linemen in this class. And so you, so you start there. Um do you have a quarterback? Maybe not. You, you might not even go after a quarterback in this class. And, and, and you'd like to have one in every class, but sometimes it, it doesn't work that way. But I think you start looking at other positions. I think you look at, you know, the, the really interesting one for me is, is wide receiver. You already got one committed. You got a deep group of wide receivers, only one senior. Um, you got some older guys. Um, you know, a guy like Coy Moore is a guy that if he goes out and catches he has a great year. 65 for 1,000 yards and 15 touchdowns, he could be gone. Yeah. That's the thing you don't know. And, and so I think you got a base. Uh, you got a baseline of probably 15. If you lose a few, you might go get a few more. Right. You might have to go bigger if you lose a few more kids. That's the thing you just don't know is what happened. Heck, we, you know, it might not happen, but it could. You could get to you know, October, and you might have five guys go, well, I'm going in transfer portal. I didn't play this year. Then you start going, okay, well, I'm going to need a few more. And so all those things you just have to factor in, and, and a lot of it is, is an unknown until you get into the season. You know, that that's an interesting statement you just made. I mean, now the NCAA is going to pass these transfer portal things, but that doesn't keep anybody from saying they're going to the transfer Correct. portal. They just can't officially enter it Correct. until Bovis go You can oh, announce your intention you yeah, to sure. go into the transfer yeah. portal. Yeah. And, I mean, I would hope that They're just not officially I mean, in it. Yeah, I would hope that you would see fewer kids seeing a reason to leave their team in the middle of the season. Like I, like I, I think that's part of the reason the windows are there in the first place is so you won't but have. I, I, but I never understood it to begin with. Why? Why would you do it anyway? And oh, they, but they to, did to get a head start on recruiting or well, something. But, but here's here's the thing though: yeah, I mean, if you haven't played in six games, right? I mean, I, you I, just like what? Am, what are you gonna do? Not play yeah. me? I mean, I, I sort of, I, I don't know. Like, if you're, I would not endorse this line of thinking because I agree with you, Jason. Like, there's, there's questions about, well, you know, what are you hoping to accomplish here? If you're, like, let's let's use Joey Gatewood a, as an example. And again, I, you know, just just because he's someone who came to mind as a backup quarterback who decided midway through a season, I, I want to go into the transfer portal right now and get a head start on. Uh, on on my recruitment, and I want to, I guess, avoid injury. Uh, in, you know, on the off chance that I am a quarterback at a school next year, since I know I'm not going to be the quarterback here, I would think the transfer portal windows would be in place to dissuade student sure. athletes from making those sorts of decisions. But like you guys said, there's nothing stopping a player from just no. saying, "Well, hey, I'm, I'm not happy. I'm going in the portal well, in the seasons, yeah, you the, know, when when I can." I, I am announcing publicly that the moment the portal opens, yeah. I will be. I've got I my paperwork ready my to send in. Now you still probably shouldn't be talking to people from other teams. No, in that situation, it would fit. No, it would that fit the, that would be a problem. It would it would fit the it would fit the definition of tampering. But you can do everything else, and you, and you know, I don't know what obligation you would feel you have to your 
your your current team or school in, in that situation, yeah. aside from staying academically eligible. That's the thing. I mean, you know, we had guys do this before there was a transfer portal. Mm-hmm. What happened? What they right. do? Did they 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 just didn't practice anymore? I mean, we we've seen guys just go, well, I'm I'm. I'm I'm not playing the rest of the year, and you just wonder whatever happened to them. Yeah, oh, usually uh, they stayed on scholarship, but that but you didn't hear of them. They so, weren't with the yeah, team. So that, yeah, so that's the thing. I, how much does it change? I, I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows what it's going to look like from now. And you may have a bunch of kids. What happens if you have you know a bunch of these guys go? Well, I'm just not playing anymore this year. Okay, You're, they already paid for their scholarship uh, mm-hmm. until the fall. It's over. I, I don't know what happens. I mean, nobody does because here's the thing: when somebody challenges that and says. Hey, you know what? I'm not happy here. Um, I'm 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 not playing. I'm done, and nothing to do about it. Uh, I I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I don't think anybody does. Um, you know they they've have, they've kind of op- had this open blanket thing and said, well, you, you know now you can transfer. And now they're going well, not not until it's this time. But you know what? You can transfer a bunch of times if you want to. You can wait till the end yeah, of the year. What, and what, do you, every- what do you think? I of can't that? stand that. I I, re- I mean. And people thought free agency was bad before. This is free agency, unlike there is in any in in, in at any professional it's, level. It's, There's not everybody's a free agent at the it, end of every year. Every year, you can go. Well, let's you know, go where you want to go. Uh, you know, and you've already transferred twice. That's okay. Go somewhere else. I, I, what I do, what I do hate is is that they've basically taken away. You know, and, and people can can think this if they want to. But people already thought, well, it was just kind of a sham, kids getting... No, there's a lot of kids here. The majority of the kids that go to these schools want an education. They want that degree. They want to do those things. When you're transferring every year, you're not getting a degree. It's not going to happen because you're going to lose classes. You're going to do those things. It's tough enough just to transfer one time and lose hours, depending on what you go and do do things you do, unless you're a grad guy. You start transferring two or three times, it, it, it's going to be really hard for guys to to stay up. How do you stay eligible? I'll, I mean, I don't oh, yeah. know. It really becomes a question of how how desperate are you to go somewhere where maybe there's an easier path to playing time, right? Because that that seems to be at least for a lot of players in the portal, quarterbacks especially, right? It's you know it's it's normal. It's, it's increasingly normal to see three or four or five schools and you know in, in a quarterback's pass so yeah i think it's uh it's here to stay and they want to i mean I, I guess they want to avoid players feeling like they're obligated you know if they if they, they have to be somewhere longer than uh than than it than it works for for either person involved and, and folks would point out that coaches are, are free to leave after after every season, there's nothing stopping a coach from working at five schools in five years uh, if, if they, if they play, want to. Play, players don't have buyouts. They don't, but that's, if, if a coach wants, you know what I mean? We, we see coaches that go and, 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 and you, change you, jobs. You don't, you, don't, you don't see a coach moving every year. It's rare. I mean, you see, you see, but you see, you see movement. There's not, no, there's no you penalty. Might, you might have an assistant yeah. that has moved a couple of times. <laughs> True. Now um, you see assistants move yeah. a whole lot more. Yeah, than but yeah, a head, a head coach. If he did that sooner or later, the next employer is going. Well, look, you're fixing to pay me back about ten million of those. Oh dollars. yeah, head, and, head coaches and, rarely have five jobs in five years. Correct. So yeah, but you know, yeah, it happens when it's. And, and I'm not saying it's out of the ordinary, but I just think it's it it, become, it creates to me an even more difficult situation where you knew. Okay, hey, this guy, he's transferred. Now it's now it's his time. He's got to sink or swim. Right. Sooner or later, you have. Well, now you've gone. Well, you don't really have to sink or swim again. You can go and look for another place again. Um, to me, it it it, it almost defeats the purpose of. Well, you know, you you've 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 matured. You've made the decision. 
choose your next school, and now, well, let's do it again. Do you think we'll see more coaches urging players into the portal now that players can leave after every season without a penalty? Will you see coaches feel I don't know like, how much they'll have to urge. They may have to urge a few, but there, no, there are a lot of them. Here, here's where to me where it's going. I think where it's going is you're going to have players being urged to go into portal by family members, by high school coaches who have talked to another coach somewhere else going, hey, you know what, that guy gets in the portal, then we're going to have room for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that opens that up for a, a you know, guy that transfers, was really really good player. What were, I think, were, you, were you talking about their current coaches? Well, I, yeah, I was thinking more yeah. if you're trying He's to call, about, uh, yeah. calling, thinking, calling a roster I, I by think pushing. The, I think yeah. it's the other way. Right. I think it's the other way where you almost – when Word think, getting back when that, I, ooh, you, you would be really valuable. Well, here, here's how about this? How about this one going? Now, here, here, here's could be one. I got a friend that coaches at um, Georgia State. I'm not. This is a hypothetical, right, right. and I'm the coach at Tennessee. We bring a freshman in. He's not ready. Yeah, he might be pretty good at Georgia State. And hey, you how, know what? Now you could go there, develop, and come double, back. Double, double A Sun Belt yeah, programs. Now, no, now that you can transfer it's, it's every year, it's junior it's like, college. Let's send you to the minors. Let's send you to Triple A. We're going to have a we're going to have a yeah. develop a farm team, a developmental oh, team. Yes, we're going to send you to Georgia State for a and, year. And you Georgia can go State, play. Wouldn't, it wouldn't break the break their no, hearts if they get fine. a really good player. They'll be fine to go, a while. Okay, go develop, as long as you keep sending them other players. Go develop there for a year and then come back next year. Oh yeah, and you go get some experience. You're not going to play here. You can go play there. Get on the field and hey. We'll have we'll get you back next year. Yeah, I'm we'll, telling we'll, you, we'll save a spot for yeah, you. I, I was talking more about culling, quote unquote, no. un- unproductive yeah. players. But no, you're talking about something Lane Kiffin talked about last week, which is now more than ever you're going to see productive players needing to make the jump for greater fame and fortune at a different school in a way that before you had to worry about losing your yeah, players. This, that this is, you had to this worry is about. a way you can sign somebody and just place them oh, for a sure. while well, and well, bring well, them what back. I'm, what I'm saying is what, is sort of what like Jason, what we used to do in junior college. Yeah, but what, what, Jason, what Jason was just talking about is the idea that now you'll have players going into the portal because there's a chance to make more money. Even if you're playing well somewhere, there could be a chance to make more money somewhere else if you go into the portal. And that, that doesn't seem to be – yeah, that's, that's here to stay. All right, we'll get to our final break. Tim, hold on. You'll be up when we come back here on the Wednesday Drive. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final few minutes here of hour number one. Bill, Dan, Justin, uh, Jason Caldwell. And let's uh, get to the phones. And uh, Tim is up. Hey, Tim. Bill, how you doing? Doing fine. I, I saw Jason Caldwell going to a barbecue joint yesterday and saw a car. I spoke to him for a few minutes. And yeah, he told abs- me he's going to be on the show today. Absolutely. But, uh, I'm here. Good to see you yesterday. Uh, great to see you. But, hey, I've got an idea. Uh, Wilm Sanderson's show is who got me to watching your show. In fact, at 8.16 this morning, I sent Wilm a text. I said, hey, where's Bill? I was, uh, I was, I was having some serious uh, – I, 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 uh, I had a serious situation at about 8.15 that, that, got, that fortunately got resolved by about 8.20. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, he told me you were coming home, so 
So I calmed down and listened to you and all. But here's the thing. You go on vacation sometimes. Sometimes you're called out of town and all. So when you're gone, we get no Auburn information from an Auburn person. Why don't you get Dan or Jason to fill in for you? Now, Dan's not, not, Dan's not awake at that time of day. <laughs> I fill in on the Max Roundtable. I do, I do that's come different. in. That, that's different. That, that starts is. at 11. And, and, uh, but yeah. I don't know how those morning. I don't know how those morning. I don't know how those morning show guys do it. I did some morning show appearances last week on the you know on Radio that was Row, it done. and it's it's um, it's unbelievable. Those guys are those. That's a different breed. I get you know I, I you know no, I, you're, you're if you're, offered if offered the opportunity to, to to fill in for Bill on occasion, I I, I would be happy to do. And so, I have fun. I'm, I have fun with Wimp and Barry. I I'm mean, glad you. No I'm glad you enjoy Bill's and, appearance. And Jason, Jason, we talk Auburn baseball all the time because yes. Jack yep. is uh, committed to Auburn, the next generation. Yeah. So, so when you're going to be gone, say, so, hey, Wimp, I know it's your show, but I can't be there. But how about letting me get Dan or Jason to fill in for me? They jump all over that. And oh, you're then right. people like me get to hear the Auburn point of view at least once a week. Now, I'm an Alabama fan. Don't get me wrong. But Auburn's my second favorite team. And I always like to hear, well, we think about it this way at Alabama. Well, here's how they think about it at Auburn. Oh, yeah. I want to know. It, it, it's great to do that. I, I'd be glad. I just I just don't want to volunteer other people before I check. <laughs> and I try to be there every week. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's a great suggestion. Glad, no, and, it, and it's, well, hey, it's great that you enjoy Bill's appearances on that show, too, because I, I, we do hear a lot of positive feedback about the, about oh, the job great. you do on the, on, on, on the WIMP show. Yeah. Hey, you guys have a good day. Appreciate Thanks, it, Tim. Appreciate it. Right, bye-bye. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Got a couple of minutes, so uh, a lot going on, Jason. I mean, a lot of things to uh, to follow there at uh, at autigers.com and twenty four seven. I mean, just uh, um, football recruiting, big cat basketball, baseball. I mean, there's just uh, it's it's pretty lively considering. You know, there's no competition. There's no nothing going on on the fields or courts it, it's until the, next week. It's it the slowest time of the year for TV for TV watching in sports. Right. This is as slow as it gets during during the year. This is this is a busier week than just about other than Saturdays during football season. This has been a busier week than even most normal weeks. Now you have some press conference things. You have things to talk about, but the day to day grind during the season isn't as bad as it is in the spring. There's a lot more things going on in the spring than there is in the fall, but you're right. It's a busy time right now with Big Cat Weekend coming up, commitments going on. Um, you know, baseball, because of the draft, because they're trying to figure out the roster, basketball mm-hmm. going to Israel. I mean, like, there are a lot of things going on, and, and obviously you start getting – you get to about October where you kick getting basketball rolling and football together. Then it kicks into high gear a little bit in the fall. But, um, yeah, good time and, and good time to – to be on board there at, at AUTigers.com, AuburnUndercover.com as well. And we'll have a wall-to-wall coverage Saturday, Big Cat Weekend, lots of things leading up to that. Continue to have some baseball news. I mean, they, they keep giving me baseball news. I keep taking it. So it's been good so far. And like I said, plenty you, of you've stuff. Had, you've had a chance to talk to a couple of players, too. Had, had some, some football, football guys uh, talk to, to Donovan Kaufman. And, and if you haven't read it, uh, I did something with him talking about Coy Moore today. Right. That he knows him as well as anybody, and it was pretty interesting to hear him a talk week, about A it. week from Friday is the is the first practice mm-hmm. of the fall. Do you expect – I mean, I would think we'll hear from Coach Harson at some point between – now and maybe the end of business on on that probably on that Friday? yeah probably probably end of business that day I would bet or yeah. maybe before they get going yeah. something like that yeah you know what I what I it just really hit me yesterday um, that the high school football season starts August eighteenth the right. first game is August eighteenth right. I'm gonna give everybody a little a little PSA for people that don't know 
So my nephew is now the head coach at Elmore County High School. He, go. he, he got he got the head football coaching job. We we have a, we have a weird Auburn high school coach. Go, go ahead, go ahead. But, but right now, people are having problems getting helmets. They send you have to send your helmets off for for to get them you know redone every year. They have to pass the test. They have to all these stuff. They get them refurbished every year. Auburn University is 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 still has helmets that are out. All of his helmets are still out. They're supposed to practice on Monday. So mm. all these supply chain things that have been an issue, wow. it could hit home in football as well. Just thinking about just uniforms. I'm hearing people that can't get jerseys and things like that. Jeez. So hopefully it'll get all straightened out. Some Man, of these teams fly so. commercial during the college football season too. Think, think about, think of, yeah, think that, about that, that. that. Oh, yeah. Jason, great stuff as always, man. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank y'all. All right, we're halfway done. Love for you to join us in hour number two here on the Wednesday Drive. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. It is hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. You sound like Ken. Just assume me. That's right. Remember what assume means. Remember what assume can but I've been on. I've been on the. Yeah. I've been on hold all day. Yeah, I, speakerphone. I yeah, and I get to hear all of it. Um, <laughs> it is hour number two of the Wednesday drive. Our thanks to Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com for joining us for hour number one. And while Jason was here, courtesy of twenty four seven, which of course AUTigers.com is part of it, um, we ran the audio as Wilkie Denaud announced his commitment to Auburn. The uh, four-star defensive end slash edge. Jason thinking that he grows into an interior lineman, but uh, that is the fifth commitment for Auburn, and all five of them composite four-stars. That's right. Fifth fifth class of 2023 commitment for Auburn. Jason was suggesting you could even have some class of 2024 uh, progress. Oh, I think I think by come come Monday, the old uh, Jimmy Buffett song, um, th- there will be there will be. Most likely an addition or two, an addition or more to the 23 class and some 24. Right. And, and as the, I would say as the class of 2023, you know, as, as you start to approach double digits in your, and I know they're, they're, not, they're not quite there yet. But they're halfway you, to double yeah, digits. Yeah, as you start to approach double digits, you start to feel better about the, you know, the nucleus of your, of your recruiting class. And then there's the hope that you can maybe add a, uh, you know, add a kid or two as you get closer to the early signing period, uh, flip a commitment or two, uh, from the state or the region, uh, that's, that's committed somewhere else. And all that gets back to, you know, when Brian Harson last week at Media Days was asked, you know, what's the message to recruits right now? It's, it's watch, you know, watch right. how this team looks this fall and, and decide if that's something you want to be a part of moving forward. And yeah, if things get out to the start Brian Harson is hoping for, uh, th- then you could see uh, on top of the progress you're making right now, you could see some kids uh, who maybe uh, committed somewhere else uh, reconsidering uh, that decision, or you could see uh, some uh, some some uh, kids still in play uh, deciding, in fact, to sign up with Auburn. Oh yes, 
Uh, we can talk about that more here as we get things going in hour number two. And hour number two of The Drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And you can join us on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Give us a call at 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor our podcast. You can find Podcast of the Drive uh, on your favorite podcasting platform to search for The Drive with Bill Cameron. You can also uh, use the ESPN 1067 Podcast Center. Go to aunetwork.com and find your way uh, to uh, The Drive podcast. One thing that we... Uh didn't mention about Wilkie Denaw that I see that is now uh, being uh, being mentioned with him is that he is an early enrollee and he'll be in school in January. Oh, is that so right? That's always good. Always good. Uh, so not skipping his entire senior year. We'll play. No. We'll play high school football uh, this fall. But yeah, able to uh, uh, ac- academically able to uh, to jump in in January, which uh, tends to uh, improve the chances of a true freshman contributing immediately if if they arrive on on campus. In, uh, in in January rather than after uh, graduating from high school in May or uh, before the fall term starts in July or August. Yeah, so he, uh, uh, the the uh, Auburn's other commitments for 2023 are Auburn High center Braden Joyner, um, running back uh, Jeremiah Cobb out of Montgomery, Carmelo English, the receiver out of uh, um, Central City, yeah. and, uh, and safety Terrence Love from Georgia. Uh, and and all all five commitments, as we said, are four star composite. Uh, you know that's players. right, and a couple and a couple of them from the uh, from the local area. There's there's yeah. more local recruits uh, in the uh, in play. Auburn, Montgomery, Central. Yeah, that's right, and even and even on the actually, way. yeah. So so Wilkie Denod is is the I believe the has has the longest commute. Oh sure, yeah, nearly uh, in Fort Fort, uh, Fort Pierce. Fort Pierce is uh, just you know, just north of uh, Fort Lauderdale, south of Cocoa Beach. On the Atlantic coast of Florida, so yeah, it's a uh, it's a, a a long drive uh, back uh, back uh, to and fro uh, if he's if he's going to make that uh, that journey. But but no, Auburn getting some uh, some local uh, recruits earlier in the cycle, and now picking up a uh, a kid from the uh, from the Florida coast uh, to uh, to come in in the class of 2023. And like you said, Bill, yeah, it's a, it's a nice development that he's uh, he's going to enroll in January mm-hmm. instead of uh, waiting until uh, the uh, conventional time for uh, players from his class to arrive. And and uh, we were alluding to Big Cat Weekend coming up with the possible uh, additions of other commitments for Auburn football. We can we can talk about some of those guys, run down some of those. Uh, probably go into it a little bit more tomorrow. I would I would guess if uh, if Justin's going to be with us. Talking about the kids that are going to be around for yeah. Big Cat Weekend, yeah, yeah, to I mean, to to an extent, I mean, I think that we'll we'll see. Uh, it's been it's been reported who might show up. Yeah, from, the, from the list the list seems to be growing. Like Jason said, the list uh, sort of grows each day. It seems like somebody else gets added in there. Um, one one of the uh, the last that I saw that that uh, that uh, says he is coming now is a former target who is committed elsewhere, and that's the uh, the tight end from over in Georgia, Jelani Thurman. So he is going to be coming to Big Cat Weekend. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's it's going to be interesting to see who decides from the class of 2023 and for later years, you know, who decides after 
Big Cat Weekend they want to commit. It's, it's always been an opportunity for Auburn coaching staff to make some progress in recruiting. And this year, uh, because of the enhanced scrutiny and, and the fact that Auburn has just the five commitments for the class of 2023, Big Cat does seem like another uh, big chance uh, for, for Auburn to, uh, to, to, to add to that number. Some of the guys that uh, had been confirmed to be coming in, I mentioned Jeremiah Cobb and Braden Joyner among the Auburn commitments. Sure, you want those guys because you count on them to come in and help, you know, try to... Yeah, you need uh, some, some advocates, some, you know, some, some ambassadors. Be, be, you know, be recruiters among their peers. Well, it also probably doesn't help if, the, uh, you know, if, 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 your, if your commitments for the class of 2023 aren't around right. for an event like this because you might have some, uh, some kids that want to uh, want to meet their future classmates and things like that. There's any number of, of reasons uh, why you would want, uh, especially your enthusiastic uh, commitments for, for next year, to be part of, the, uh, part of the sales pitch for players who are on the fence about whether or not they want to uh, play their college football career at Auburn. 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Anything on your mind sports-wise here on this Wednesday. And let's get to the phone. And Tex is up next. Hey, Tex. How you doing, Tex? I'm doing well. I'm just so happy that I don't have to drive to and fro. Uh, so, anyway, uh, there's two big... That was way back in the day when... Uh, when, when, when uh, when you were using that, when you were using that pick in your hair, the fro, you know, you drive two. <laughs> well, I, I thought it was when I had to ride in the back seat, the the jumper seat of the uh, the station wagon with the fake wood on the side. <laughs> so uh, the, anyway, pan, the wood paneling, I, I like the way it was called. Yes, yes. So uh, there's two big uh, unannounced uh, recruits that will be in town for Big Big Cat. Uh, Tex and Cindy will be in town for Big Cat Weekend, too. Uh, I, I, didn't, so, I, I thought you guys had used up your eligibility. <laughs> well, a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> a couple generations ago. But anyway, hey, uh, it's really interesting. I heard just the mention, and, and it spiked my uh, thought about this for a minute, is talking about a lot of Auburn recruiting some local players from the general area. So it's always been a proud moment for LSU to recruit Louisiana and not let good players get out of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They bring in a coach from Notre Dame, and now all they can talk about is how great it is to be on the national recruiting trail. So it's uh, I always laugh in recruiting because everybody thinks the people that don't have commitments don't think you're ever going to sign anybody. Oh, yeah. The ones that have commitments are all can't miss. And if you recruit nationally, it's great. But if you recruit locally, it's great. Uh, it just it just struck me. Well, although although Tex, I would say I do think I do think it is great if you do one of those things. The coaches that run into trouble are the ones that can't do either. Well, I think that's that's when you're that's when you're uh, in that big trouble. That's well, when you're in big trouble. Well, when the key is to recruit, right? <laughs> I mean, it's a players. concern. It's a concern if players from your state or locally don't come your way if you're not getting more high-profile players from farther away. And and in the case of Auburn in 2023, it does sound like it's an unusually strong year as far as Division One players or SEC caliber players from the the state of Alabama this year. And so maybe there's an extra emphasis this year on Auburn needing to recruit locally or regionally because you have so many SEC players in, in 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 your immediate area. Well, there's two young men from Baton Rouge who grew up on the campus of LSU and whose dad is a senior associate athletic director at LSU. One's at Auburn and one's going to Notre Dame. 
So just think about that. That's local players, both highly rated, too. Uh, so I know there's a lot of people who would like to have uh, a brother from uh, U-High go in, but I'm pretty sure he's going to Notre highly, Dame. highly regarded kid from New Orleans going to Texas that people are, uh, people are yeah. talking about, too. Yes, well, we have a kid coming in from uh, Zachary High School who's another edge and uh, has the body also to grow significantly. Extremely athletic. Uh, originally committed to Nebraska, or is currently committed to Nebraska. So I wouldn't be surprised, Bill, if one of those names you talked about for 23 might have to be Ashley Williams. Yeah, yeah. Ashley. So, so I mean, I'd seen him as a possible, so you've heard that he is coming in? Uh, but I've heard it from the person that's driving him. Oh, well, then that's pretty likely. <laughs> as long as, yeah, so as long as the driver, you know, you know makes and it. And it's not me. Oh, way, okay, gotcha. <laughs> or Cindy. It's not me or Cindy. Uh, I happen to know somebody close to him, so uh, my understanding is it's not a possibility that he's coming. And he's another four-star. He's, he's, he's another four-star. He's another edge guy that uh, is is lean but could grow, has the body to grow into. And I'll tell you what, the, the, the commitment on the edge that we got today, if Wilkie is uh, – if if he is two forty five now, the picture's online. He's a lean. He does look lean. I, I thought he was. I thought he was lighter than that. But uh, yeah, one site lists him at two forty five, and uh, another lists him at two fifty. Wow, that is a lean, lean. Then and then he must be a little bit taller than what they're saying too, or, or I don't know. Maybe it's just the angle of the camera. But he looks like he's a very lean. Uh, so. What do you think about the baseball announcement today of having a player return for a fifth year? That Howell Case comes Howell? Back. Yeah, yes. that, that, uh, that's huge. I mean, like Jason was saying, I mean, you look at all the players that are deciding to uh, come back. You know, we've talked about it with football, and, and it's definitely true. I mean, it tells you how much they think of the, the state of Auburn baseball that, uh, that you look and, and you see, you know, uh, Tommy Sheehan coming back. You see Bobby Pierce coming back, Nate LaRue, uh, Bryson Ware. Who else? Um, uh, Jason mentioned somebody else. I mean, that, that's, that's very impressive. Um, I just, you know, I, I'm glad I'm not deciding how, say, the, how Mike, the scholarship money gets, gets divided. Did you say Mike Bellow? Well, Mike Bell, yeah, he's Mike, a little I mean, younger guy. Yeah, but, but, he's, but he's, you know, part oh, yeah. of, the, you know, of, the, of the key group at oh, the yes. back. So uh, Bobby Pierce was a great story, though. How much time do you, you know, just to think that that's a guy that came off the bench for you? Oh, yeah. After an injury in a Southeastern Conference game and turned into be Stepped a... Stepped up and became a, a big bat in the middle of a lineup. Yes, with a great arm in the outfield mm-hmm. and could run things down, too. Uh, I was just thinking, somebody had asked me, have you ever seen as much speed in the Auburn outfield? And I just started thinking... Okay, Johnny Tutt in right field and Robert Sorrell in center. So, yes. The yeah. difference was Robert couldn't throw as well. That's the biggest difference. But uh, Auburn, Auburn's had uh, some guys that could run. Kurt, Kurt could run pretty well out in center, too. So, I mean. Uh, yes. Well, my favorite Johnny Tutt story real quick is everybody talks about how much fun it used to be where it is to go to uh, Starkville and play. Uh, some guys dumped a beer in his face while he was trying to catch a ball, a fly ball in right field one time. So, uh, what a great athlete Johnny Tutt was. By the way. Really uh, was. I mean, uh, 
Uh, he that that whole family was pretty athletic. I was thinking of a couple of other outfielders uh, that that were former receivers. I mean, uh, Trey Trey Gaines and Frank Sanders could uh, uh, could could move a little too. Uh, they could run. Hey, and then, then there was that quick, guy. Named, then there was that guy named Bo. That was. Uh, uh, he was quick. <laughs> I thought he was just freaking fast. He was ridiculously <laughs> hey, fast. Hey, a real quick thing is uh, this weekend in San Francisco, they're retiring twenty-two. All right, how about that? And so, so Will Clark's getting his number retired, and we can't get him to get enough votes on the ballot. So. Uh, they don't retire numbers haphazardly. No, no, you're right. You know who, you know who the other Giants two are, have right? got a few. Giant, yeah, Giants have got 44 and 24, I know. Willie Mays, Willie McCovey. And Willie McCovey, yeah. Yeah, just think about that. And, and is, then that is that it? Is that, are those the only numbers the Giants have retired? I thought Mel... Those are, those are the... I thought maybe Mel. I thought maybe Mel Ott's number had been retired. But, I mean, uh, that goes way, 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 way back. Yeah, not that I'm aware of, but uh, but 22, and and I would tell you, just saw him this past weekend, and he just he. And we're talking about Will Clark for those that don't know. Uh, he's just as still as humble as could be about it, and uh, he's. I bet he, he can still. I, yeah, I, I bet he. I bet he could still hit hit the ball pretty well. Yeah, you know. Look, oh, I, I look, look at, at his YouTube page. Uh huh. Well, I, I mean, I look. <laughs> I look at Will Clark the way I look at a lot of those great first basemen that aren't in the Hall of Fame. Where it's like I would have there were no. Just so many. Well, yeah, I would have no objection to the Veterans Committee looking at Will Clark or Don Mattingly or Fred McGriff or. I mean, and that, that's ignoring the guys that maybe were hurt by PED rumors that are also, like, sort of in that mix of, I mean, you could have, you know, uh, I mean, Giambi had a great career, Palmero, uh, you know, guys like that that aren't, aren't in the Hall of Fame for maybe a separate reason. McGuire is the, is the, most, the most noteworthy example of guys like that. I'd, I'd have no problem with any of those baseball. I mean, they all, they all had Hall of Fame careers. On, on the field. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like, especially, yeah. especially when you, like, to nitpick, okay, well, David Ortiz and Jeff Bagwell had Hall of Fame careers, but those players I just mentioned didn't. It, it feels, I mean, yeah. it feels like a. Both Will and Don Mattingly, over 7,000 career at bats with career batting averages over 300. And, yep. and a few dingers as well along the way. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, uh, arguably, the, as, one of the sweetest swings ever, too. By mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Madeline was pretty good too. Isn't it interesting? They were both left-handed hitters. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anyway, uh, it's going to be a great time for him out there, and I'm proud of him. And it's 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 good that I had a chance to number one see him actually play uh, from the dugout in in uh, or actually from one time behind the plate in uh, college and because I'm a little bit older than him, and to have him work with my kid all those years. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, wow. He's a good that's, dude. That's amazing. All right, guys. All right, all right Tex, great stuff. All right. All right, bye-bye. Yep. Uh, we'll get to our first break here of hour number two. Come on in and join us on the Wednesday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, Auburn 
uh, adding a football commitment for 2023 in Wilkie Denod, a 6'4", 245, 250 defensive end, uh, listed by some as an edge. Our, our buddy Jason Caldwell, who was with us for the first hour, says he sort of, he sees him growing more into, uh, an interior guy, uh, that, that could be a, uh, an athletic three technique. So, um, We'll see. Auburn has some other players. Tex was talking about um, a uh, an edge from down in Zachary, Louisiana, Ashley Williams, who we got pretty good confirmation there that he will be at Big Cat this weekend. <laughs> Tex says he knows the person who's driving him in. Also, uh, Jelani Thurman, I mentioned a little while ago, is committed to Ohio State. So you've got you've got a couple of players committed to Big Ten schools that are from the southeast that'll be visiting this week for Big Cat Weekend. Um, you know, we were talking about guys from not too far away. Um, you know, there, there's another who will be visiting this weekend, I believe confirmed by in, in multiple places, is uh, the big offensive lineman out of Pike Road, Bison Lang, who's another four-star, um, a 6'5", 315-pound offensive tackle out of Pike Road, will be visiting this weekend, there, so there's another Pike Road player that just announced he's coming to Big Cat. Too. Yeah, I think just, he's just a, a, I think he's a class of 24. He is, he is though, a class right? of 2024 uh, defensive lineman. Yeah, that I, I, Malik I Blockton, I That's believe. Malik Blockton, who you're talking who just, about, just posted that, that he's uh, he's he's going to be doing the same thing. Yeah, and and we mentioned J.C. Hart a little earlier, uh, who is from you know just up the road, Lochapoca, down the road, whatever. It's it's over actually, more than up or down. Uh, J.C. will be in this weekend and. And probably not too far away from making a decision on his career. And look, he may only be listed as a three-star. He is some kind of athlete. Who, J.C. Hart? Hart. Yeah, J.C. Hart is somebody who, uh, very early on, you know, with the, with the folks that we talked to, you know, they saw him at camps or, or we, we, you know, we had, I think this is one where maybe, maybe even Slack or one of our callers. Yep, very uh, early Slack on, absolutely called. I, I think, ja- I think Slack, you know, chatted out J.C. Hart pretty early on in this process as a guy who, you know, just despite a well, low. Well, he'd gone to Troy and was a defensive MVP there, and then he came to Auburn yeah. and did the same thing. Despite a, a low profile with well, recruiting, because, with because recruiting from, websites. From a small school. Exactly. People may think that he's not, you know, an, an SEC caliber athlete, but. Yeah, between the you know the the impressive stories we've heard about JC and the fact that this is a guy who academically uh, has interest from Ivy League schools and and is you know is, is somebody who is very much a scholar athlete. Um, yeah, I, I think it's somebody who and and he's also uh, like we were saying, he's a guy that was clocked at four three seven at camp this year, and he's six two one eighty. I mean, it's it, he's physically you know it, it's it seems like. Uh, you know, if, if it's not Auburn, it could be somebody that Auburn, uh, you know, that that, that Auburn sees on, on the schedule. Yeah, that Auburn regrets him winding exactly. up at. So, so that's that's one that we've been watching for a while, and and yeah, maybe Auburn gets good news on J.C. Hart uh, before the uh, before the start of the season uh, regarding his decision uh, for for college football. Yeah, so I mean, a uh, it, it's going to be a fun next week or so. I mean, with with Big Cat and then basketball in Israel. I mean, that's uh, that's. Something that's actually that's two things we don't usually have going on, and then it'll be the start of football practice at the end of next week. Yeah. So, yeah, so the that? next ten days going to be uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, we're we're uh, just about a week, a little more than a week away from Auburn's first fall practice. Official like, report date is eight days. Like we were saying uh, to Jason Caldwell in the last hour, Auburn should. 
uh, Auburn Auburn should make Brian Harson available publicly. You know, at some point between oh, uh, I, I would expect na- now and and maybe that. at the at the latest, probably after that practice that first day. But I would think maybe Thursday or Friday of next week, Brian Harson takes some questions about uh, you know how the uh, how the off season's going and what he's looking for uh, in his uh, in his team in his second fall camp with, as the Auburn head coach. If it if it follows the pattern that we usually have seen, it would be Friday. After they officially report, and that is the day they would get the official update that we'll probably see throughout the fall, height and weight on every single player on the roster. Um, hopefully by Friday we would know the the numbers that the new players who have come in this summer are going to be assigned. If you recall, last fall we were pleasantly surprised by the amount of access that the media got yep. throughout fall practice. Mm-hmm. We will see. I bet, I bet we get at least as much this year. We, I really feel like the way things are trending with, with Coach Harson and, um, just, just the program, yeah. I think we will. As, as I, we will see, you know, how, how much access the media is given. I agree with you. You know, if I had to guess, you I'm know, I'm not which saying way we're going to get to watch the entire practice and, you know, keep stats at scrimmages or anything like that. But, but, but it probably wasn't a first year sort of novelty thing. You know, I, I hope no, not. And now I think he's, he should be even more familiar, you know, with the folks that are there and, and what, what he can count on them to keep, you know, under wraps. Sure. So I, I would think that, um, that, that yeah, maybe, maybe Brian Harson is, uh, is willing to provide that access again. And that would be a, uh, that would be a positive development in year two. We're approaching our bottom of the hour break. Still plenty of time for you to join in uh, here on the Wednesday edition of The Drive. Again, like we said, a lot going on. But if there's something else you want to talk about, we'll head in that direction as well. We haven't really, we might spend a few minutes talking about some possible uh, trades because the Major League Baseball trading deadline is less than a week away as well. So a lot going on. Come on in and join us here on the Wednesday Drive. Back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday afternoon with Bill and Dan. Again, our thanks to Jason Caldwell for joining us in hour number one. Uh, hope you had a chance to hear because, I mean, we went into quite a few things. Got Jason's comments and an excellent, um, you know, analysis of what baseball is going to be able to do there with the facilities there at Plainsman, facility at Plainsman Park. 
He uh, went into good detail on uh, some of the players who are returning. Then we talked a little bit about basketball and the trip to Israel, football recruiting, the commitment of Wilkie Denod, some on uh, Big Cat. I mean, so a fun and informative first hour with Jason Call. Well, if you missed it, we encourage you to check out our podcast. That's right. Podcast of the Drive available wherever you can uh, get your podcasts. You can uh, look up your favorite uh, podcasting platform and search for The Drive with Bill Cameron or go to ESPNAU.com uh, or AUNetwork.com and find the Podcast Center and you can listen to archived episodes that way. It's all presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Again, as we said, uh, anything you want to talk about sports-wise, and I know we've spent pretty much the entire show talking Auburn sports. Uh, I, I haven't seen anything in college sports really big news today. Have I missed anything, Dan? Well, I mean, we talked a little bit towards the end of the show yesterday at Big Ten Media Days is going on. you got Media Days, uh, d- different uh, Media Days rumors uh, working around. Dennis Dodd wrote a piece about uh, the Big Ten uh, looking at uh, Stanford, uh, Cal, Oregon, and Washington as members for a 20-team league. It does seem like that would be the rumor is, according to Dennis Dodd, that the preferred, uh, the preferred path forward for expansion in the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten wants Two ten-team divisions, right? And Stanford, Cal, Oregon, yeah. and Washington would make twenty in that league, and 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 maybe work to a to an east-west or something like that. They'd be working out the uh, uh, the the numbers in uh, something like that, and, and and the expansion of the college football playoff. Uh, was was a big topic. You know, we talked about that at the end of the show yesterday. Ohio State, uh, both the uh, the athletic director and the president, uh, both had opinions about. Well, the president is on the CFP uh, mm-hmm. board, and the athletic director at Media Days yesterday said that he thought uh, that we were moving towards sixteen as a as a college football playoff number that would be acceptable to both of the super conferences, which would be pretty significant expansion oh, from a huge. I mean, because we talked about. You know, going from four to twelve, this would be going from four to sixteen. It's it really interesting the stance that Greg Sankey has taken. But hey, four is fine. I mean, and I think I ha- I think he has no problem, but he doesn't want too many spots being taken exactly. with automatic. That's exactly right. Greg Greg Sankey is now of the opinion that four is fine if you let a committee just take the four best teams right? because you could have two, maybe three SEC teams as the as three he of the four best teams. Absolutely did. Yeah, he absolutely did not want an eight team playoff with five or so automatic. Yeah, no, the, the notion that you would only grow the at larges to to or to five or even keep it, you know, keep two at larges and, and expand the college football playoff to mm-hmm. to eight uh, with just the two at larges and, and five or six guaranteed spots. Yeah, that's unpalatable uh, to the uh, to the super conferences. I can see why if if they think that uh, a you know a a significant percentage of the of the ten best teams in college football of the fifteen of the oh, twenty best teams when you would be in their league have you know more than a third sometimes half of the top eight throughout the season from your conference. Sure. Suddenly, yeah. Suddenly, it doesn't seem all, all that attractive to uh, to to hand a lot of those spots to uh, to folks, you know, who who qualify automatically. I think that if uh, you know Greg Sankey would would be of the opinion uh, that that if you're going to if you're going to expand it, the number of at large bids probably need to equal or or even. Uh, need, needs to be a bigger number right. than the number of automatic qualifiers, and so if you want five automatic qualifiers, then then you better be ready with at s- least twelve, no, seven, probably uh, seven or maybe even yes. more. You know, at large bids need to be the offer, and that's where uh, sixteen. And and I also I'm sixteen not, works better 
than 12 in that you don't have buys and everybody's playing. You've got, you, you have, uh, an even number of games that you're able to space out however they want to do it. Right. And I think that the, uh, the, you know, probably the most important thing economically would be that you create 15 college football playoff games. You go mm-hmm. from three to 15 and that is a valuable thing to sell to ESPN or Fox or anybody else that would Very. be, that would be in the business of wanting to show the college football playoff. So I think that's something that would be, uh, uh, that, that would, that would be the engine sort of growing the number of games in the college football playoff. And, and then you get to the point where we, you know, we talk about an expanded playoff starts to water the sport down. I don't, I don't think 16 would be at that point where I think if you took, um, well, may, maybe there would be what's going to happen. I mean, the one versus sixteen game would probably look like a miss. You know, the, the, probably the, the one. But you, know, the but top you four. might get into you might get into I don't know um, four four thirteen at times. I mean, just depends on where the game is, the conditions, things like that. There will be there will be some lower seeds that win with a sixteen team playoff. But you know what? That's the way it is in every sport. In every sport, you've got a chance for an upset. You okay, should for, for, you, you should see the for, top couple of teams advancing through the first couple. For of argument's rounds. sake, I'm looking at the yeah, uh, I'm looking last at last year's, year's I'm looking at last year's uh, yeah, college football last year's playoff rankings. 16. From from from, from the, the the week when they made right. the selection, and so this is uh, so Alabama, like Alabama, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati. We're one, we're one, two, three, and four in last year's right, college so, football. So playoff. go on down and 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 let's let's run the pairings. Alabama's from a year opponent, ago. If, they, if they were to adopt a sixteen, Alabama's opponent last year would have been Oklahoma. One through see, 16. that's a pretty. That's, that's pretty it's good. like where that's people not bad. where people go. Oh, it's a game nobody would care about if you go one sixteen. Oh, I I think I would care about watching Alabama and Oklahoma. Michigan would have drawn Iowa, a familiar yeah, conference there we go. opponent. They've seen them before. Georgia would have drawn Oregon, a team they will open the season. The with. season. Yeah, the, that's the, all they were. They were just previewing previewing the uh, the sixteen team playoffs. Cincinnati would have drawn BYU. That's interesting too. No, Notre Dame would have faced ACC champion Pittsburgh. Uh, Ohio mm-hmm. State would have gotten uh, the Utah, the uh, the top Pac-12 team in the uh, in in the draw. That's the uh, the the Urban Bowl. That's right. Um, Baylor and Michigan State would have squared off in the seven ten game, and Ole Miss would have drawn Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State. And tell me, in the tell me of those games, which one you go? I, I wouldn't who care. Wants, I wouldn't care, that? and not even watch. I mean, those are those are some those are some really interesting. Yeah, matchups. I mean, even Cincinnati BYU, which probably lacks the wattage of some of the other games because those programs. That's, that's the you know, po- that's the Power Five. That's the, the, yeah, yeah. I mean BYU's. That's, I mean, I, that's I, the group I of, group of five. I don't know. That's the you know that's yeah that's your bracket buster game yeah. right there. You know, between a couple of teams that could maybe I, you know it's it's uh, I, I, I think there's there's I a, would love I would love to see those type there's matchups. there's enough co- there's enough quality college football now and yeah you could get a mismatch or two which we, I mean we're already seeing that in the in the one oh, through you four absolutely do. Le- level of the college football playoff yeah I, I think that the uh, you know I, I could I could be. I could be swayed over to a uh, to a sixteen team oh, playoff uh, with with a lot of at large no bids uh, pr- pretty easily and and I uh, and I can understand maybe some of the opposition from conferences that are worried they're going to get left behind they're going to get left if behind. you're if you're not in the top sixteen yeah I mean then that's that's too bad I think every conference of the Power Five would have been represented 
in there because you did have you had Oklahoma from the Big Twelve, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, Pittsburgh. And Baylor. Pittsburgh was the twelve seed from the Pitt, ACC, and, no, and Notre Dame played in the ACC. You know, played pretty much an ACC schedule. Right. So you had ACC, you had uh, Pac twelve. Yeah, you had everybody. Yeah, Clemson was just outside the top sixteen last year. So was Wake Forest, as a uh, as as a matter of fact. But it's a uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Like I could see. Certainly, it does seem like now we're going to need agreement from first and foremost the SEC and the Big Ten. Yes. right. And then it's almost like they're they get to decide what what they're, the, what, what the SEC is going to want to make sure, and the Big Ten probably too, is that there is no limit to the number of teams from one conference in a sixteen-team playoff. That it needs to just be based on the top sixteen teams. They don't want it capped. No. I mean, the automatic, I don't know that you need automatic qualifiers. If you're not good enough to be in the top 16 of the playoff rankings, then that's just too bad that, sorry, your league had such a bad year. Right. I mean, that, that's where I would, I would hope that, and, and, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to hinge your conference's hopes on that year in and year out, too. And I think well, some I mean, of the top, look, you, yeah. had, you had, you had group of five schools in there. You had, representatives from every one of the power five so i mean you should be able to you should be able to expect that you're going to be a top 16 team if you're the best team in your league right so conference expansion and the college football playoff expansion both will be issues that will be discussed a lot before 2024 uh which is the uh the the 2024 i believe is the final year of the um it is yeah it's the the final year of the current deal so I mean, and and new new changes could be uh, implemented. I believe in twenty six. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I was going to say twenty five is the last year. Twenty six would be the first. That's year right. Of a new playoff. Fall, the fall fall of twenty four. Right. Yeah, in, into the into the twenty five. Uh, in, in into early twenty five would be the, the final year of the current format. Yeah, there could be could be a lot of debate about that over the next couple of seasons. Let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline again. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And Anthony is up next. Hey, Anthony. Hey, guys, how you guys doing today? Doing fine, man. You know, I just had to call in. Y'all talking playoff expansion. You know, there was a time when I called in y'all's show several years ago and and mentioned that, uh, you know, when I played at Jacksonville State, we did the 16-team thing. You know, conference champion automatically qualify for the playoffs. Then you go down that top 16 and and figure out whoever else fits in. Uh, Usually be the runner-up and and whoever you can get in. But either way, the uh, top 16 – ranked teams in, in, in that Division two at that time, uh, ranking uh, and Division one though, at that time, uh, uh, that's how you would do it. And they're like, oh, no, that won't work. There's too many games. Uh, now, did you hear me players. say that? I don't think you heard me say that, Anthony. Well, I, it's been a while ago now, Bill. It's been probably nah, 15 years ago. I, 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 I remember, hey, when, when, when I did a show with Jim, I mean, I, I always thought, why not? If, if the smaller schools can do it, I think it's great because it rewards a team. It gives a team a chance that might have struggles early on in the season, either for injury or just trying to find themselves. Because, you know, uh, in that playoffs, you never know what could happen. I, I no, can recall, you're right. I, I can recall in 1989, we beat Mississippi College for the uh, uh, conference title. We beat them for the conference title. Got in the playoffs and got in the championship game. And had and to play them again? Three, three, Play them again in championship game in Florence, Alabama, in the snow. They beat us three to nothing. And that stinks. That stinks. But you know what? That's sports. And and I love I love the idea. I mean, you see it in every other sport at every other level. Uh, you know where teams have a chance. 
to earn their way through, and it's not nearly as arbitrary or questionable if you only have four teams. I, I, I'm all for it, Anthony. You know, I think you have to do it now with the expansion, all these super teams coming mm-hmm. over here, making a, a conference already a, 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 a god of a conference, and you're going to make it even more uh, with, with Oklahoma and Texas coming to SEC, and then you got USC and UCLA, uh, they uh, moving out and moving on to the Big Is it Big Ten? Yes. Where they, okay. So then you figure uh, you got to do something because there's no way that nobody's going to sell it for four teams or eight teams. You got all these power pack teams in these conferences. You got to do something. And now with the uh, NIL money, there's no reason to say a player's overworked or, or we're putting too much stress on. Uh oh. Did we lose him? Oh, I, I guess we lost Anthony. Great points, Anthony, and I agree with you. And I and I don't recall ever being against a a much larger playoff from the time the playoffs started. I always felt that you know it's great to have something so you can win it on the field. When it was just uh, you know the BCS and and the top two teams, I felt like oh it'd be better to have more than that. And I thought more than four. And no, I don't have a problem with 16. There may be some mismatches. There are mismatches in every level of every sport when you get to postseason. But then you have some, you have some upsets. And that's what's going to make it even more interesting and entertaining is when you do have a lower seed knock off one of those teams that everybody just assumed. And you're going to have some teams that are ranked pretty high. Maybe not the top seed, maybe not the number one team, especially if they're as dominant. As, as, as the number one team in the nation has been over the last few years. But how exciting and how much buzz is there going to be the first time a top four or five team gets knocked off in the first round of the playoffs? It's going to make it even more interesting and entertaining than it's ever been. Appreciate the call, Anthony. We need to get to our final break here on the Wednesday Drive. Stick with us as we wind it down. Live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final few minutes here on this Wednesday edition. Again, our thanks to Jason Caldwell. For joining us for hour number one today, we uh, we're looking forward to having some time with Justin Ferguson. Didn't get a chance to uh, have him on last week, so Justin should be on with us tomorrow. From yeah, really looking forward to hearing what uh, Justin had to uh, you know what he took away from media days last week and, and sort of his views of the season going forward. He wrote a piece about Derek Hall uh, for the Observer earlier today. So yeah, look, uh, we'll uh, we'll be talking a lot about the 2022 season and, and Justin's takeaway from, uh, from from media days uh, tomorrow with uh, with Justin Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, uh, so much. I mean, that that's one thing we we had so much with Jason. We didn't really get his thoughts on uh, how the Auburn representatives uh, handled themselves at media days. But I mean, I think everybody has pretty much said. Look, that was very impressive by all Brian Harson and the uh, triumvirate of players. I don't get to use that very much either. Um, now it's what do you do on the field? What do you show after after everyone has been told just watch? I think people were going to watch anyway, but they're going to watch even more closely because 
you said watch. And and we, we now see, you know, all the staff and, um, you know, the, the additions that have been made off the field. This is Brian Harson's show. There's no question about it. Oh, certainly. I mean, Brian Harson is, uh, uh, you know, I... I you mentioned that piece uh, that was written about about Brian Harson surviving the, the the attempted coup and and sort of sticking it to the boosters and you know that sounds great but if Auburn's six and six or five and seven this year it's not going to be because of the boosters no and, and it's it, not going to be because the powers that be meddled with Brian Harson and prevented him from from having a, a winning record uh, in in either of his first two years as as Auburn's coach I mean at some point it, it, it's going to be on Brian Harson to uh, to, uh, to to Find a way to win with the pieces he's got, or bring in pieces that he can win with, and 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 put those uh, to to good use. Because uh, yeah, and and I think that's where first couple games of the season between the veteran spots he's got and some of the new uh, pieces that he's going to try to work in. I mean, a, a hot start would be incredibly beneficial for, for Brian Harson's argument that that he deserves and and not time. just a hot start. I mean, you've said this before. Yeah, yeah I mean, a five and zero start. Is great, but if they finish seven and five, that's uh, uh, that's going to bring back memories of last year's finish. You're right. I mean, it's important. so. I mean, it's not just watch us for the first month. It's watch and see what you see this season. Yeah, you got you got to win early because people are are antsy about the way oh, last yeah. season finished, and you got to win late because you don't, you don't if you don't come in with the uh, pitchforks and the uh, you know. Well, no, but it, but it's important to win early because if because if not, you know, people you know, season could be over four starts, and if you don't win right. late, people will point out what happened last year and they they'll can't say you finish. Know, so yeah, I mean, you don't, uh, you know, it's really really not a great time to lose at any point. On no, this, uh, never, on, on, never on this, is, never is in college football, especially in the SEC. Well, and and when you're it just means more, Dan. I mean, every <laughs> Auburn coach. You know, in time memorial, right? Or certainly get back, you know, 40, 50 years. Had a really good season in their first two, right? I mean, you go back and look. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In their first two, for sure. One of their first two seasons was a really good one. You don't want to be the, you don't want to be the first coach in a long time. Didn't have a really good season in your first two at Auburn because that's un- did, uh, unfamiliar territory. Tub- well, Tubbrell, Doug, Tubbrell's Doug, pretty good in year Doug, two, right? Doug Barfield may not have had a great year in year two. Okay, so again, you you want you want to you want to be? <laughs> did he? When did he win eight? Was it year two or three? I uh, I thought Barfield struggled maybe, his first two years. Yeah, he 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 won eight. I thought in the third year. I'll verify, uh, but, I'll, I'll verify but, this one. But anyway, yeah, you, three, three and eight, point. three and eight, first year, five and six, second yeah, year. He won, okay. he won eight. He was in getting fourth, a little better. Fourth year, he was getting yeah. a little better though. So yes, uh, and and that was a long time ago. Was patience yeah. was much more of a virtue and much more common. Yeah. than it is now. People were people were more likely still to, a virtue. It's just not nearly as people common. were more likely to give a college football coach time when Star oh, yes. when, when Star Wars was in theaters in, yes. in 1977, which is you know what we're talking about right now. Uh, yeah, I think Brian Harson. You know, there's there's any number of reasons why there's there's pressure to uh, to show in year two that things are going in the right direction. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk to we'll talk to Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer about that tomorrow. We welcome uh, you as well. We, we'd love for you to join in. Uh, we're we're running short on time here on the Wednesday edition of the Drive. Well, thanks to Anthony and a couple of other things, we didn't really get into baseball trade talk. We can still do that. Don't yeah. There's I mean, time. I mean, we we can have the people that don't care about baseball flipping that radio off. Yeah, just wait. I, I mean, Friday, Saturday. Friday. We'll, 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 we'll do, flip the radio off. Too. Little, little bit, little bit, a little. Could be some trade deadline talk <laughs> on, uh, on 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 Friday. That's right. All right, but we're out of time here on the Wednesday drive. 
Join us tomorrow at 4. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.